Well, good evening. Welcome to service tonight. How's everybody doing tonight? Oh, we got to try that one again. How's everybody doing tonight? All right. Listen, thank you for being here. And if you're watching online tonight, thank you for tuning in. We're so glad that you did. I don't know if anybody is watching from Israel, but if they are, it's about one o'clock in the morning. So that means they have insomnia and they can't sleep. So if you are watching from Israel, hey, welcome to service tonight. I may put you to sleep. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, we're glad that each and every one of you are here tonight. I'm excited about getting into the Word tonight. How many is ready to kind of dig in tonight? Amen. Listen, we're going to talk about this subject tonight. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's called kindness. A little kindness, please. We're going to talk about kindness, and we're going to talk a little bit about goodness as well. But if you would like, you can turn with me tonight to Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to begin in verse 16, we're going to look at verse 17, and that's where we're going to begin. So if you have your Bibles, your iPad, your smartphone, turn there with me if you can. And this is what it says. It says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Now let's skip down to verse 22. This is what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. Many of us, how many heard that in Sunday school when you were growing up? That's probably where you first learned it. If it's new to you, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's that love, it's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. It's those things that we begin to hear. But we're just going to concentrate on a couple. But I, I want to kind of set the stage for you tonight and kind of tell you the antithesis of what kindness is. I, I recently remembered and, and had some interaction with some folks that I have known since 2005, and they were a part of my small group. They were actually small group coaches, and on a given night when I would come together and have small group coaching, and we would have a great time, we would pray for each other's needs, occasionally they would talk about their past. And um, one of the times that we were talking, this is so funny uh, to me, they were talking about, everybody know what life is like before Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's some bad things that you did, maybe some things you wouldn't repeat again, but it's before Jesus. So they were talking about this time before Jesus. One was saved, the, the uh, wife was saved, the husband was not, the wife was a nurse, and the husband was just kind of, he was a painter, he was a woodworker, uh, just worked with his hands a lot. But one evening he came home and he was inebriated. He had a drinking problem. And he came in and the wife didn't like what he was saying or what he said. And so when he was walking into the kitchen, she just grabbed a pan out of, out of on top of the counter and whacked him in the head. Pop! He drops to the floor. Knocked him out cold. Now it's going to be okay. Just hang with me here. He was out and she was so disgusted about what had happened that she just kind of left him there. Now remember, she's a nurse. After an hour, she's, she's still laying on the floor and, he's, and he's, she said, you know what, I never even checked his pulse. I just kind of went into the other room, I went and got a blanket, I put a blanket on him and I went to bed. The next morning she wakes up, well and he wakes up sometime and says, I don't know what happened but I woke up 
in the middle of the kitchen floor with a blanket over me. Do you know what happened? She just kind of shook her head. Never told him what happened until he was in the uh, kitchen kind of cooking, getting some things together, and he says, why does this pan have a dent in it? And that's when she said, well, one night you came home. Now, that, that's, I want to say this, that's not kindness nor goodness, right? And how many have had those times in your life, maybe you had lost control of a situation, you said the wrong thing, you did the wrong thing, and it wasn't kindness, that was controlling your life. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that. A Greek scholar described kindness this way. He says, it's a kindly disposition toward others. Goodness. What is goodness? Goodness is simply this. It's a kindly activity on their behalf. So you have kindnesses. I want to say this attitude that we have, a good attitude, and this goodness is something that we actually do. We exhibit Kindness and goodness is really a way of living that keeps giving long after our words, our actions have spoken. They just kind of keep giving in life when you're kind and you're good to somebody. That's what happens. Kindness is kind of like this. It's a force without force. Do you know what I'm saying? It makes a difference in someone's life. I remember a kid one time came up to me and he says, listen, I have the force. He was 10 years old. I said, what do you mean you have the force? He said, I can make you move from where you're standing right there. And he says, I can make you move two steps back. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, I fell for it. I said, let's see. Let's see what you got, buddy. He licks his hand like this, and he pushes it towards me. And guess what I did? I stepped two steps back. I said, buddy, you got me on that one. You do. You have the force. Kindness is a force in life. Kindness can move people. When they see kindness in us, something happens with them, it happens within us, and all of a sudden we begin to produce what? Goodness. You see, Jesus spoke of this fruit, but he called them kind of something different, and we're going to learn a little bit about what he called. We're going to do some comparison tonight just a little bit, but I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And we're going to look at what salt and light and kind of compare that to kindness and goodness. But this is what it says. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You see, salt is a type of fruit of kindness. It kind of brings seasoning to our life, but also this life that we live in. Kindness is not necessarily the norm today, but but when you see salt, salt kind of brings within our lives and the people that we're around kind of flavor, I would say. It's, it's, good, it's kindness on um, living out in, the, in where we live, and it's where we go, and it's what we do. Kindness has the ability, salt has that ability to make a difference in somebody's life. You see, the word says this, I love it in Psalms 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that he's good. Light is a type of goodness. What do you mean by that? Well, Jesus said this, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. You see, when a believer's salt 
or kindness is savory towards others, then his light will automatically shine through the manifestation of his good works. That's just kind of what happens. When you look into Galatians chapter 5, it says this, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Colossians tells us to do this. And I love Colossians because it gives some just elementary principles of what we can do to to live for Christ. And it says this in verse 5. It says we need to put to death some things in our life. Those things are this, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. Then it tells us this. We need to rid ourselves of some things. What's that? Anger, rage, slander, filthy language. And then it goes on to say in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, watch this word, clothe yourself with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You see that word clothe there? In the Greek, it really means this. It means to put on. In other words, when you wake up in the morning, thank God we're all putting something on, right? Clothes, I hope. But we put those clothes on and we clothe ourselves with something, but when we do that, we make a choice to do that. Now, I, don't remember, I don't know if you remember years ago. Do you remember when sweats became real popular? And you would see people, you, I call them sweatpant families. You would see them in red sweatpants, all the family had it, blue sweatpants. How many remember that? Now, let me take it a step further. Did you wear that? Come on now, be honest. All right, we have a few honest people. Thank you. But we have to make a decision of what we're putting on in life. In other words, when we get up in the morning, when we begin to see the fruit of the Spirit, we put on, we put on kindness. We put on goodness. Now, if you look into the Word of God, we'll know this. You see, gifts are given, but fruit is developed. So we have to develop the fruit that is within our lives. We have to see it in the Bible and say, you know what, I want that. Gifts are given. If you have the gift of leadership, it says in the Word that uh, we've been given a gift from God. And we have that that's been given to us. Paul says kindness is a choice. And we have to choose that. So in order to cultivate and grow fruit in my life, I must choose to walk in the Spirit because here's what's going to happen. People will begin to pick fruit from our life. Did you know that a fruit tree, whatever is a fruit's on it, an apple, an orange, that fruit's not for that tree. That fruit is for someone else. In other words, our life, when we begin to develop the fruit in our life, and people come and they, they pick on you, that fruit's for somebody else. The kindness is for someone else. You do goodness in life, not for yourself, but you do goodness for somebody else. Now how about this? When you look into your own life and you begin to see the people around you, how many can remember someone in your life that was kind to you? We all do. How many remember someone who was not kind to you? Yeah, we remember those too. But kindness always makes a difference. Kindness is love in action. It's something that we do. I like what Kyle Eidemann says in Not a Fan. He says this, A belief, no matter how sincere, if not reflecting in reality, isn't a belief, it's a delusion. The fruit of kindness is comparable to the qualities of salt upon earth. And I want to give you some of these comparisons really quick, just quick three points, and let's see what we can learn tonight. It says this, salt can be used as a fertilizer to prepare the soil for bearing fruit, like kindness can prepare a heart. What do I mean by that? Well, if you go to Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, it says this, At one time we too were foolish, 
disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another, but, watch this, when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. And not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. Why should I be kind? Simply this, because God is kind to me. Because God is kind to you. I say that because Ephesians 2.8 in the Living Bible says this, because of his kindness, you have been saved through trusting Christ. Can you believe that? Have you ever thought of that kindness? So we responded to the kindness of God. We respond to his love, and it drew us in. You see, many people who experience salvation do so because they first experience the loving kindness of God. He made an impact on their life. He loved them in a difficult time, and we begin to experience that. And then when all of a sudden, we begin to hear that kindness within our life, and God's showing that kindness. It plants seeds in our life, and then all of a sudden, there's a harvest that comes, and we give our life to him. Guess this. Guess what? Why should I be kind? Because I'm an expression of his kindness. So God has not only, he's done this. He's entrusted me with this kindness. He's entrusted me with this goodness. So believers who are the salt of the earth are God's expression of his kindness and goodness to the world. Do you get the responsibility there? You and I are his kindness and goodness. We're his hands, we're his feet, we're his mouthpiece. We do all those things to express his kindness so that people will see our kindness as well and they'll come to know him because of what you do. And that's an exciting thing, but it's also something that we have to have and take responsibility for. I'm an expression of God's kindness in public. Now how many's ever been in public and you got something wrong? You said the wrong thing, you had to go back and apologize? I've had those situations happen to me, and you have to go back and apologize. You have to make it right. I remember um, just this last weekend eating. I was out of state eating at a restaurant. won't tell you where, but it was out of state. And we go in, and you wait about 45 minutes to be seated. And when you're seated, you're sitting there, and you wait. And you would expect, I would expect, maybe three to five minutes, someone's going to come and begin to serve me and help me. But we waited for about 15 minutes about 15 to 20, and I don't know about you, but how many would begin to get just a little agitated, uh, just a little bit, and I was with somebody, and I'm like, have you ever had those moments, there's things that you want to say, but you don't say? You choose to put on kindness, you choose to put on goodness, well, that was that moment, because the waiter came up to us and said, listen, I'm so sorry, but I just spilled a whole tray of drinks, uh, and I, I'm late, and, and here's what I wanted to say I wanted to say in my mind, you know what? I've been here for 15, 20 minutes, and I didn't see you spill a thing. That's what I wanted to say, but I didn't. Can you say amen? I did the right thing. I, did, I was kind. I said, okay, well, I think we're ready to order now. And so the people that were with me, we had this conversation. I said to them, I said, do you ever have this in your life where you want to say something, but you don't say something, and you're just, you just have to be kind. They're like, yeah we, yeah, we understand that. That was one of those moments. But what do we have to do? Here's what I had to do. I had to choose kindness. Now, if we're all honest, honesty goes a long way. We could say this. We don't always do that, right? 
And so we have to make corrections. We have to go back and we say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I wasn't kind in that situation. But kindness and goodness go a long way in making things right. Number two is this. Salt can be used as an antiseptic for cleansing the mouth just like kindness can cleanse. Kindness can cleanse. How many grew up in an era where you had your, your mouth washed out with soap? How many ever experienced that? All right, just a few. Any volunteers? We want to do this tonight. Pastor Jeff, please come. I'm just kidding. Oh, Dad raised the kid's head, hand back there. Okay, we can handle that. I remember, I don't know, it was years ago, I was uh, a youth pastor, and I remember we were throwing this great big um, graduation party at church, and we had a ton of families there, kids there, and um, uh, I had like 18 different youth sponsors helping me, and we were trying to make this a great event. And I was just running ragged. I know I was sweating profusely. And I remember going to the stage to start the event. And I remember that one of my youth sponsors came up to me and said, Hey, I have a glass of water here. I know you're, you're hot, you're, you're, you're going, but I just wanted you to have it. And she walked away. So I grabbed that thing because I was thirsty. And I gulped and I gulped. And did you know that she filled that with soap? And I began to choke and hack and cough and all those good things. I'm like, I cannot believe that. But the problem was is I probably played a prank on her and she's just getting me back at the very moment I didn't need to, you know, to have that done to me. I just was reaping a lot of what I had sown in that day and era. You know what I'm saying? So I try to sow good things now, kindness and all those things. But you know what it feels like. I mean, if you ever swallowed that stuff, you would know exactly what it feels like. Kindness can cleanse. As the fruit of kindness is developed in our heart, as we begin to understand that as a believer, what happens is that kindness, the goodness of God, the love of God begins to resonate within our heart. And guess what? It cleanses our hearts. It cleanses our mind. It cleanses our very mouth and what we say. What we want to say is one thing, but kindness should take over. And we say what kind people do, right? And it makes a difference in people's life. It will enable you, if you have kindness in your life, it will enable you to fill Ephesians 4.29 that simply says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You see, kindness has a way of doing this. It enables us to turn away wrath. Proverbs 15.1 simply says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a what? A harsh word stirs up anger. Kindness will enable you to do this. Withhold wounds. Proverbs 18, 8, and the King James says this. The words of a talebearer, the, uh, in the NIV it says gossip, are as wounds. And they go down in the innermost parts of the belly. What is a talebearer? It, it's whisperings. It's unkind words. What if we said it this way tonight? If God gave you a dollar for every kind word that you have said and then he took away a dollar for every unkind word that you said. Would you have a pocket full of money tonight? You may have a lot. You may have a little. I don't know how much. But what if that happened? Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The kindness within our life, the cleansing of what God will do in our life begins to come out in everything that we do. 
With words, they do this. They possess the power to wound the heart like nothing else can. When we begin to say something, do things. I remember years and years ago, seventh grade, there was a time, and here's my moment of confession to you tonight. We could all probably use some of this. But I said the wrong thing to someone. I remember being seventh grade, and there was this kid named Danny Dill. Never forget him. And Danny Dill was everywhere. We had classes together. We had P.E. together. And I remember these words coming out of my mouth because I chose to say it. I would always call him Danny Dill Pickle. And one day, I said it way too many times. And I remember walking to get my books in a class. And Danny Dill turned around and punched me right between the eyes. Shocked as can be, I, I went to the principal's office. I know that's hard to believe. And went to the principal's office, and guess who gets licks for the first time in their life? Then you have to go. And thankfully, my mom and dad was out of town. I was staying with my grandpa at the time. Don't you know, because of my honesty, I had to tell him what happened. First and the last time I ever had licks. I share that not because I'm proud of that moment, because it was a moment, why would I do that? It was a moment I didn't choose kindness. It was a moment I didn't choose the goodness. It was a moment that I lived what the Galatians would call by the flesh of my spirit. I was in the flesh, and it did not work. But that's what happens. You see, you can develop or destroy a person with what you say to them. We have to be careful to watch what we say, how we say it, to whom we say it, why we say it. And that's a very difficult thing to do. But it's important that we do it. Salt can be used, number three, to enhance flavor just like kindness tastes great. Kindness tastes so good when you do it the right way. Did you know that you can go to the most elite restaurant in New York City and you can go to the jungles of Ecuador and if you need to get a little salt on your food, did you know that it's going to be just about the same? That salt, no matter where you're at, what you're doing, salt begins to kind of transform. It tastes the same no matter where you shake it. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of shake a little salt. How many salt lovers do we have in the house? How many of you use way too much salt? How many of you are tempted like me that when a fresh tomato comes out of the garden, there's only one thing to do with that fresh tomato? That's to cut that thing up, lay it out, and begin to salt it. You know what I'm saying? I'm selling tomatoes tonight right outside in the lobby. If you wanna, We're selling up for missions tonight if you want to pick up some tomatoes. Because you now want a tomato, don't you? That is the funnest thing to do. You just kind of begin to cut and get those tomatoes. You get that salt, but that salt begins to change things. And here's what I know about salt. Did you know that if you have a real, real bad meal, all you got to do is get a little salt, and it'll kind of transform that meal. You know what I'm saying? It'll enhance it. may not make it the greatest, but you can enhance that meal by just adding a little salt. And baby, that salt will begin to change things, and you can um, swallow that, and that's going to be okay. Here's some things that we need to remember. We have to be salty with, do this, we've got to be salty with unbelievers in life. You see, many times we go to such an extreme to separate ourselves from sin that we become unkind to unbelievers because we begin to think this, you know what, I'm a believer now and I don't need to hang out with people who are unbelievers, but the, the problem is, is that God has called us to engage people. 
God has called us to engage and be kind to those that are around us, whether they're believers or unbelievers, but we, we have got to be careful that we don't separate ourselves from the people that are living in this world, that we engage them. So how can we, as believers, expect to fertilize the hearts of unbelievers if we're not kind to them? You know what? The difference is that we are all sinners, but I am saved by grace. That's the difference. And so we have to begin to love people and help people, be kind to people, show goodness to people, and that begins to transform and help people when they're going through life. Right here at Victory Church, the most exciting thing, if we're going to be kind to people and fulfill the mission statement that simply says this, is to know Christ and make Him known, we need to be salt in a world that doesn't know Him. We've got to be salt to these unbelievers. Be salty with your family. I don't know if this has happened to you, but I'm sure it's happened, but it's happened to me. You, you will be at home, and you're with your kids, you're with your wife, and you're beginning to have a heated conversation, and you're throwing things back and forth. You know what I'm talking about, or is this just me? Just raise your hand so I know I'm not alone. Come on now. You, you begin having, and all of a sudden, the phone rings, and you know what happens? You're fighting, bickering back and forth, and all of a sudden, you pick it up. Hello? Yes. So glad you called. All of a sudden, something, tra I mean, this is not who you were 0.10 seconds ago, right? It's all of a sudden you're somebody different. And all of a sudden you begin to answer the phone, and um, I always think of the Lionel Richie, hello, um, is it me you're looking for? I can't sing, but if I could, I would sing that song for you. Because I love Lionel Richie, Pastor Jeff. He could change your life somewhat. Not like Jesus can, right? Hello, we're way off subject here. You know what I'm saying? Where did we get that? How did we get there? But that's what happens. And so when we begin to be salty, we have to be salty with our family. We have to love fam our family. We, we have to speak kindness and goodness. And sometimes, you know what? I don't always get that right, but we have to be kind. God calls us to be kind. The fruit of kindness enables uh, one to be gentle and sweet and express those things. The next thing is this, we've got to be salty with the world that we live in. It's kind of like being salty to unbelievers, but the world is this magnificent world that we've been given. Everywhere we go, whatever we do, we are kind to people. The people that God places in your life, whoever they are, whatever they're doing, we have got to be kind. It's something that comes within you that begins to stir in you, and you, can, you have to do this. Remember what it said at the very beginning, you clothe yourself with kindness, with goodness, something within you wants to be kind and wants to be good. Now, we are right in the middle of March Madness. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I say March Madness? A few of you do. Basketball. I want to show you a video real quick that describes, that will show you in real life what kindness and goodness is about. Watch this video with me. And I know you guys get tired of me. It's little things. Coach Peter Morales of the Coronado High School Thunderbirds in El Paso, Texas, makes no qualms about it. He has a favorite on this team. Mitchell, I need you. I need you to help me out with my coaching tits, Mitchell. Team manager Mitchell Marcus has a developmental disability. One, two, three, four. But he far surpasses everyone here when it comes to love of the game. He's this amazing person that our basketball team loves being around. Yay! Mitchell's mom, Amy, says he's always been that way. Mitchell always had a basketball. That was always what he wanted for his birthday. And because basketball is that important to him, on the last game of the regular season, the coach told Mitchell to suit up. 
What was it like to put on the uniform? I was very happy. I bet you were. Just wearing a jersey was enough for Mitchell. But what he didn't know, what no one knew at the time, was that the coach planned to play him. At the end, no matter what the score. You were prepared to lose that game? For his moment, yes. For his moment in time, yes. And so, with a minute and a half left, Coronado leading, but only by 10, Coach Morales put in his manager. And just started hearing Mitchell, Mitchell. But here's where the fairy tale fell apart. Although his teammates did everything they could to get Mitchell a basket, each time they passed him the ball, he either missed the shot, or like on their last possession, booted it out of bounds, turning the ball over to the other team with just seconds left. He wasn't gonna be able to score, but I was hoping that he was happy that he was just put in the game. Could you have ever imagined what happened next? No, I did I could not, not at all. What happened next happened on the inbound. The guy with the ball there is a senior at Franklin High School, number 22, Jonathan Montanez. Uh, I just, I was raised to treat others how you want to be treated. Just thought Mitchell deserved his chance, deserved his opportunity. I think I'll cry about it for the rest of my life. What Jonathan did was yell out Mitchell's name, then threw the ball right to it, right there. One of the most memorable turnovers of all time. It wasn't the game-winning shot. When the buzzer sounded, Coronado had 15 more points than Franklin. But Jonathan's assist and Mitchell's basket did change the outcome decidedly. Play any game with this much sportsmanship. Both teams win. Steve Hartman on the road in El Paso, Texas. Ah, oh, great. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? So here's what you see. You see the, the coach saying, for, I love what he says. He says, for his moment, for his moment, we were going to do this no matter what. And the kid that was going to inbounds the ball, he threw it right to him. You see, here's what you see. You see kindness. Kindness is the attitude that says inside of yourself, it doesn't matter about my team, I'm going to throw the ball in to that young man. And when he threw the ball, that's the activity. It's the goodness. And what does he do? He scores and he makes this young man's night. Kindness and goodness can change the life of people if we'll grab a hold of what God has for each and every one of us. Let me leave you with this verse. It's Galatians 6, 7. We know it all so well. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So whoever sows to their flesh, from the flesh will reach destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reach eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we have to do each and every day is we have to see how important this kindness is, just a little kindness, just passing the ball to somebody. Get it in your heart. Let it change your life. Let it change somebody else's life, and he'll do great things in your life. So this week, here's, here's the assignment. This is one of those sermons that there's an assignment attached with it. If you can think of somebody right now that you can show kindness to, that you can do good to, who would it be? Would you stand with me tonight? And as we stand, we're going to pray about that here in just a moment. 
And then we're going to respond to the altar. If you need prayer, there's going to be plenty of time. If you're an altar worker, you can make your way right down to the front. But we're going to pray about this. If God puts someone on your mind and you begin to pray and you begin to say, you know what, I see the Lord's working. He's got someone in mind and you are going to take a step and you are going to do this. You're going to be kind. You're going to show goodness and God's going to do great things this week. Just think of this. If everyone in that, this room did that one thing, look at the kindness and the goodness that could spread like wildfire. Look at the difference that could be made because we took seriously, really, God's word. Gifts are given. Fruit is developed within our life. Maybe you're here tonight and you do not know the Lord. You walked in here and there's no peace in your life. But you need to know who Jesus Christ is. That he can come into your life. He can save you. He can make you everything that you need to be with him in the center of your life. I want to encourage you tonight, if you don't know him, that you can. Would you simply bow your head tonight and repeat after me? If you don't know the Lord, would you say this? Dear Lord, I come before you tonight. I love you. I recognize tonight I need a Savior. I need you to come into my life. I want to live for you tonight. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you need prayer tonight, maybe you need to pray about maybe someone that you can reach out to. You're here tonight and you just need a healing touch that God can move in your life. You need healing. Maybe you need prayer, physical healing in your body. I want to encourage you to come forward. Maybe there's a situation that you're dealing with that's out of your control and you don't know what to do. Could I encourage you to come tonight? We're going to take just a few moments, and if you feel like you need to walk down and have prayer, would you do that? They're going to sing a song, and at the end of the song, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to give the benediction as they sing. You're all I want. You're
We are so grateful tonight for your goodness and your love. Thank you for speaking into our hearts. God, with knowledge comes the responsibility to live out your word and the truth that you spoke into each one of our hearts tonight. God, help us obey that truth. Help us to be faithful to that truth. God, for those that came tonight to, to pray, I pray, Lord, that you would help them each step of the way. Lord, that you would show us someone to be kind to this week, to show goodness to, that way we could be a salt and light in this earth that you've given us. And God, thank you for the opportunity to live for you. But Lord, help us to see those people that need you. Pray that you go with us now. Bring us back safely, that we may love you and worship you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, 
Amen. Hey, go in his grace, go in his peace tonight. Thank you for being here tonight. We'll see you Sunday morning.